You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 213 of the St. Bernie's favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill, you're joined by co-host Dakota Davis, producer Chris Staten. What we got going on today, Dakota? Today's episode features Mr. Chris May from the uh, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, the executive director from the Hall of Fame. We're going to be talking to Chris about uh, a little bit about his background, everything that he knows about basketball, why he loves basketball, and then, of course, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame and the history behind it, what's going on there now, a little bit about the facility and his favorite things about it. So uh, make sure you stick around and hear all of that. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, we learned all kinds of new stuff in Patreon, Dakota. We had, we there's a good 20 minutes. Uh, we learned that you have an addiction that we, <laughs> that I'm actually very concerned about. <laughs> That's right. Patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That's where you can go to find out what the heck Jeremiah is talking about. Join the Patreon and then, uh, let us know how, how we should support Dakota to get through this problem. That's right. Uh, I'll take, I'll take anything that we can get. <laughs> prayers if nothing else <laughs> yeah thoughts and prayers please uh patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty once again the tiers start at five dollars a month but they go all the way up to like eighty dollars a month um you can we, name your own price we have people can. in all of those ranges and there's people that just literally go in and say hey you know what you're worth 72 cents a month to me so that's what you get and yeah. we'll give you the same treatment we encourage the tiers but the different tiers come with different levels of perks and different things that you can get in the mail. Like uh, whenever we had the episode 200 special, special, we were all wearing bow ties. So we personalized the bow ties and we sent them to all of our highest donors um, that provided their addresses. That is, some of them didn't provide their address. That's okay. This, it might not be any of our business, but they, they don't want it. They miss out on live. a bow tie if they didn't give it. So, you know, that's whatever. Menacing little yellow bow ties. You also get show notes ahead of the show so you can follow along as we're talking in real time. And there are also some links in there so like you can see where we pull the information from as I'm writing the show notes. That's where all that is. Um, there's also a super secret Facebook group that you get added to. And like we just said, a 20 to 25 minute bonus episode each and every week. And if you sign up at $50 or more a month, we give you a shout out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne. Jonathan Phillips, our favorite car dealer in all of Indiana. Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is saving the world by driving his Kenworth truck. And the Fiddler's Green Cigar Company. It's not a Peterbilt. It's not a Peterbilt. John Phillips is selling my parents a car tomorrow. Oh, nice. Another boss hog car out the door. Hey, Joyce, if you could do me a favor and tell him that Dakota Davis sent you. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I would get a hundred dollar check in the mail. You want the you want the yeah. money? Isn't that isn't that cute of you? All right, uh, I got a family to feed, Jeremiah. You just have a dog. I have a wife, <laughs> a mortgage, a podcast. 
Yeah, it is what it is. I guess I'll survive. Dakota I actually has a family and a, an addiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's to on, support. Yeah, come on now. You got to pick one. One of these days, it's going to come down to <laughs> it's going to come down to your addiction or your son. You're going to have to make that decision. <laughs> it's me or the gum. <laughs> you heard it right, gum, not the other thing, gum. Chris, are you sorry you're here yet? Not at all. This has been okay? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. This is not the most controversial podcast you've been a part of to this point. Uh, probably, yeah, man, no, probably, uh, no. Okay. No, no we're right. good. We're good. That was a solid maybe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was me trying to dodge the first question. Yeah, Hammer oh, and Nigel are worse, aren't they? <laughs> For sure, though. Let's be honest. That's that's not even a question. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. To, I've, I've been a viewer now to be yeah. on this side of the camera. It's cool. Welcome. Super cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You had a total shock face when you came through the door because you we don't have a descript door to tell you which one to come through. And then I, <laughs> I came in late and didn't open the other side of the building that folks typically try to come into. So you popped into the studio. I went, oh, thank God. Because you don't know what you're coming into back here. I'm like, well, well I could see that the door was unlocked. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to peek in here. See what happens. These are the yep. right people. I hope yep. this is the right spot. Yeah. You never know. It could be, you know, you never know what you could walk into. Yeah. It's a, you know. We might be the upstairs apartment. <laughs> How embarrassing. I'm just glad well, I didn't walk into a room full of people uh, with menthol gum. Yeah. You know, I mean, like. Yeah. It could have been very troubling. Be way worse. Could have been very troubling. We also have Boss Hog of Liberty merchandise that's sold at T-Chip. T-Chip.com slash BHO1234 or BHO Mug. All of those links are going to be on the link tree that our wonderful producer is going to be putting in the live stream chat right now. So if you're only listening to the audio, make sure you head over to Facebook and uh, find those links. The link tree is right there on BossHogOfLiberty.com as well. It is. So. The big problem is, since I've never been here since the link tree, I don't know where Zach keeps it. <laughs> it's okay. It's in the chat. Zach took care of it for you. Look at Zach. from the road. He's texting and driving on the way to North Carolina. Just, just for you. We All problem you, solved. We miss you. Problem solved. <laughs> he misses. He misses Zach. He does not miss Jesse. You have. You and Jesse have been having a feud, and neither one of you show up at the same time just to work it out. I guess say, what? Um, who's fixed the audio every time that there's a problem? Either one of you makes it work. It's just you literally physically plug cables in different spots. I am enjoying it greatly. Super frustrating, Jesse. <laughs> Can we talk with Chris? I now? set all Are, this stuff up. Right. <sighs> all right. Yeah. He's far more interesting than anything Sick I have to say. Uh, that's not true at all. It's just it's so much fun to wind up Dakota and just get the rage spinning. And then it's something he can't deal with. And I don't have my gum here to take the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a code eight. Maybe he might even level 10. He's going home to find a not or a might, 10. Yeah, might even I'm need level 10. i the tens on this one. Once again, Boss Hog of Liberty on Patreon. That's where you can go to find out what that inside joke is all about. We have a lot of Patreon members who probably haven't listened to that. Maybe they're just like now getting into the regular episode. Yeah. They're also curious. Well, they should have watched live. Skipping ahead. They should have watched live. All right, all Chris. Right. So you're, uh, you're from here, allegedly. Maze. <laughs> the flashing define, yellow light. Define here. Central Indiana. East Central Indiana. This is you, so. If if fe- folks are from like Indy, I say I'm from Rushville. Sure. If they're from East Central Indiana, I would say Mays. And if they're from like Henry or Rush counties, I would say I'm from Raleigh, technically. Oh, but you know, Raleigh. you say Raleigh, and everybody says you grew up in North Carolina. You know, you don't. You just don't want to confuse people that way. So it's like, well, that's, that's uh, Raleigh, Mays, Rushville. It's about, it's about four miles east of Henderson. Oh wow, you, we're really <laughs> diving into the map now. Yeah. Lots of locations there. Little map dots. 
all yes. these places that don't really exist anymore. I'm, I'm from Newcastle, but I actually grew up just outside of Messick. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you I understand. understand this. Yeah, yeah. They speak the same language. Yeah, they somebody that used to have a post office 70 or 80 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I'm from Dunreath, and at least they still have their post office. For now. For now. There's like 70 of them. <laughs> and a nice smooth highway right now. Yeah, that's true. No lane striping, though. That's coming, eventually. All this staying road construction is driving us people that live in Spiceland crazy. We're trapped. You can't get out of there. Yeah, you are truly trapped. Can't get in, can't get out. It's horrible. I was coming home from North Vernon. We were just not getting to Chris at all. <laughs> I was coming home from North Vernon yesterday, and I stopped at the cheap gas station, the Sunoco there. Stopped, got my two ninety five a gallon gas when it was three and a quarter in Newcastle. Saved myself thirty cents a gallon, big time, big time savings. Uh, and then I waited uh, for a good three or four minutes for a truck to turn in front of me, and I finally said the heck with it. I drove south, and I took the back roads back to Newcastle because I gave up. It's it's horrible there. It's so bad. All right, Chris, we'll get into your backstory now. That was that I was enjoyed buying cheap gas too. So I mean, we can, yeah, we can go yeah, with we that if you want. It's a it's Spiceland fuels in Spiceland. No, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about no. the Sunoco. There's not a Sunoco. We have a Casey's General Store, and we have a Spice and Fuels. You realize that the great land grabber Darren Jacobs took all the way up to I-70. So you have a Mister Fuel. Oh, yeah, you yeah. have a you have a you have a Sunoco. And you have I you have, a, really you have a Flying those. J. Well, do they do really, in the tax base. You should have stopped at Spice and Fuels. That fever. Oh, they don't have the two ninety five gas. It's cheaper. They always are one cent cheaper than anything. They're cheaper 70. than Casey's, not the. No, that's not true. You are fake news. It's it's been that way since I, it's been spice and fuels. It like used to be Phillips sixty six. Yeah, I know. And they were more expensive at, right. as a Phillips sixty six. But now they're independent, so they know they got to try to siphon off. Just like you're siphoning gasoline, they got to siphon the customers. You know what they're doing? They're good capitalists. I saw they got the big Jack's Donut sign out there now too. They do. Right. Can, we, can we please talk They're to really Chris? Nice people. I'm very uncomfortable. We're just trying to support a local Henry <laughs> County business before we start to support the new, the Hall of Fame in Newcastle. So it all ties in. It's all very local, hyper-localized content right now for all of our listeners all across the globe. Chris, you grew up here like we just discussed. Danny says, talk basketball, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where he buys his gas now. I'm just, I'm on Here's a cliffhanger. He looks like a Casey's guy. Sunoco. I think he just pleaded his fifth amendment. He said he chose me. That's really disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this was going to be a good podcast, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think actually, I think my most recent fill up was at Spice on Fuels. No BS. Most recent, but my regular stop down that direction is, is the Sunoco. Yeah. Well, the Sunoco does have the Taste of India <laughs> restaurant, which we have been to for content purposes. It was on the show. Yes. Yes. We with went James, there with James Neese. James Neese. It was It was the first time my wife ever experience. had Indian food, and she fell in love with Indian food that day. It is really good. I'll take your word for it. I'm not afraid of the gas, but I'm not, it, not it was good. buying anything else there. Sitara and Muncie is better. We'll get that out of the way. So, Chris, you're from Mays. <laughs> You've got a, a background in, uh, in in communications, yep. in doing some radio work and, and other stuff in the past. And then this magical opportunity came along to uh, to come back to Henry County or back to this part of the world yep. to join the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Funny how life works, right? Full circle. 
Um, yeah, so I, I grew up. And on, you're a kid from Raleigh, so of course basketball's in your blood. <laughs> there it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Had a, had a, a goal in the barn growing up as a kid and, uh, the church right up the hill had an outdoor court for the nicer weather months. So yeah, basketball was, was always, uh, who I was, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so I went to school, Rushville for high school. We grew up on that. So you, you line. played for the Lions? I was a student manager, okay, a water boy, you might call me, but uh, it's understandable. But basketball, I, I was. I'm five seven, my, so like, I, yeah, my I brother, like my, my brother played basketball. I was the uh, the video coach. See, right? so I was. Yeah. They would have me go run film on every game on the uh, you know find find myself a perch, and I ran video in every small gym. Yeah, in the uh, ICBA league for about three years. So yeah, I'm with you. I understand yep. absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're still a part of the sport, but they don't let you play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're smart for not letting a guy this size with <laughs> no skill, no athleticism, but no good qualities for a basketball player. I mean, they made the right decision. Are so, you just, are you good at getting it there though? I tell everybody I was, I'm a little rusty now. I was a great shooter. I was not a scorer at all. Like if you just left me open, boom, I can hit yeah. that shot. But if there's a defender, long. but if somebody's guarding me again, you know, I'm five, seven fully grown. I was a, a wee little dude in elementary and middle school. Um, I did I wasn't tall enough to, to shoot over a guy. I couldn't jump high enough to shoot over him, and I wasn't fast enough to drive past him. So I was cooked if there was a defense. Yeah. I'm I'm the opposite. I'm really good at guarding. I can be super aggressive, but I cannot get the ball towards the hoop to save my life. My hand-eye coordination is horrible. A little bit of a Ron Artest, perhaps. Sure, whatever that means. <laughs> Dakota is the least for you sports artist. Dennis Rodman? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I know yeah, Dennis yeah. Rodman. Yeah, yeah. I know who I know the name Ron Artest. What was his next name? What do you mean? He changed his name when he when he left. If I said Meta, can you finish that? World peace. Oh yeah, Meta World Peace. (laughs) I did know. (laughs) You're making me dig in pieces of my brain that I've got (laughs) major cobwebs. Well, if it wasn't for the menthol menthol. problem, yeah, that'll cause. He's having withdrawal right now. That'll do it. That'll do it. So you've been you've been with the Hall of Fame for a while, twelve years. If that's a while, twelve years. Yeah, man, where's the time gone? That's crazy. So you're telling me. <laughs> in some ways, it feels like a year. In some years, in some ways, it feels like it's been thirty years. So, so tell us if, if somebody's listening for the first time and wants to know what the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame is. It's a big deal. People come from all over the world to visit Newcastle, Indiana. To it, it's, it's the home. Of the Hall of Fame, so I guess there's a two part story. How did I, how did we end up with the Hall of Fame here? Because it happened before I moved to town as a kid, uh, but I know it was a, a landmark deal. The vice president showed up for the dedication, yes. uh, and then what what keeps drawing folks in? Sure, uh, my first stock answer is the Hall of Fame is is really two things to put into perspective. One is the building we have here in Newcastle. The other is the organization of people that we have literally worldwide and and certainly coast to coast here in the United States. Um, so the hall of fame has been in existence since 1962, but it's only been here in Henry County and Newcastle since 1990. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating story. Um, they had just an office building essentially in Indianapolis. And this was back when downtown Indianapolis was not a place to go hang out or have a good time or, (laughs) you know, it was not a destination we'll say. 
And so at some point in the 1980s, it was an administrative location. That was it at that time. Well, they, and they had, they had a few plaques on a wall, but okay. uh, again, there was no circle center mall. There was no, you know, people went downtown to work and they got the heck out of there after work. And there was none of the cultural amenities, the restaurants, all those sorts of things at that point. And yes, essentially it was an administrative facility for the hall of fame. They had a table big enough to have some meetings, but it was not a place. And they decided they wanted to have a destination. They wanted to have a museum. And so in the mid-1980s, the board of directors of the Hall of Fame uh, made it known publicly that they were looking for locations that wanted to host the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, To abbreviate the story a little bit, 13 cities and towns around Indiana made pitches, made bids. Anderson was one. Franklin was one. Crawfordsville. Indianapolis made a really shoddy uh, effort to keep it in Indy. That's another <laughs> inside story. Um, Newcastle wins out. And, of course, we get visitors here all the time that say they're not from here. Why, why is this here? <laughs> this isn't Indianapolis. This, why is this here? Um, and, and the shortened version is that there were a core group of local people that were absolutely hellbent and committed to making it happen. To make here. it happen. Uh, I assume and, Danny Danielson was involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Danny Danielson was the driving force. Paul Pryor of Mariana Bank uh, was a big part of that process as well. Um, I, Bill Brooks was at the Courier Times. He, uh, he became a big part of the local organizing committee and getting things together. Um, and, and a confluence of things happened. Uh, the first is that a lot of these other cities and towns had empty buildings that they, oh, here, you know, here's an empty bank building. Have at it. Yeah. Um, as we all know now, it was this was land. This was this was going to be a building constructed to the Hall of Fame's you know wishes or with, with whatever funding they could pull together. Um, the second part is funding became a part of it, and that's where our food and beverage tax came from. Um, that I, was the origination. Of I, I still hear that all the time about how their your McDonald's money is paying for the Hall of Fame. It, it, it did originally, uh, it, that not ended, exactly that way anymore. That ended about twenty years after it came to town, and now it's used for splash pads and. Other right. projects. Right. Um, by the way, that was a totally foreign concept back then. Uh, I, they had to go to the state legislature, get all kinds of permissions and authorities. Uh, you know, now we, Indianapolis and the metro area has it to pay for Lucas Oil and so on and so forth. But uh, especially for a community this size, that was that was a big deal. And then the, the biggest part that, that I'm still proud of is um, they committed that the, that the community would support it. And that sounds like a common sense answer. But I've talked to all or a lot of the people that were involved. They're still alive, and none of the other communities had that forethought. You know, it was just, "Hey, here's this space. We'd love to have you." Because you depend upon volunteers, folks, and to come out and and actually staff it. That is exactly correct, and that is exactly what happened. Is that in the meeting, the final pitch meeting, Danny Danielson, Paul Pryor, and Bill Brooks sat down at the table and said, "Not only will we give you this land, not only will we help you raise money to build something on this land." We promise that the people of this community and county will volunteer to staff it, to help run it, to make it a success. And we're here 31 years later. Still going. We still have – we have people that have been with the Hall of Fame as volunteers 31 years. Some, a couple of them 32 years. They were started – before the building actually opened, they were helping in archiving and office work and arranging these kinds of things. And th- that speaks to the community and, and why it's still here. Makes an executive director's job a little easier. Absolutely. When you've got a dedicated team of volunteers <laughs> that, to, to work with. And, and I, I use the cliche all the time. You know, we're not trying to sell icicles to Eskimos. This is Indiana. This is basketball. People want to be a part of that. And we have 
some of our volunteers, people ask all the time, oh, I don't really like basketball. I probably wouldn't be a good volunteer. We have little old ladies that really don't like basketball. It's a community pride thing. Yep. It's that it's in Newcastle. It's in Henry County. I've lived here all my life. I want to see this successful. I'm going to be a part of it. They can't tell you who won between IU and Purdue the other night, but they want to be there to greet people, welcome They're them. Just and like them Dakota. Welcome. <laughs> I did see on your website that you guys have an open position. Yes. Would you like to interview right now? Sure. <laughs> You're going to put me on the spot now. <laughs> uh, we do, yes. Um, so we've had a lot of exciting things happening. I think that's part of what we'll get into here. Um, so we have a, a director of development open right now. Um, we're trying to raise some money to do some even cooler things. We've just done some neat projects, and we feel like this is just scratching the surface with technology, with people's addictions to phones and iPads and technology. <laughs> Substances, anything, yeah. <laughs> we don't have a menthol exhibit, but... Um, yet. Yet. Until I am on. And um, so, so we're, like I said, I think we're on the cusp. We've done some really cool things here over the winter, uh, and we're trying to do a lot more of that. It only takes money, right? I had a guy tell me, an exhibit company, hey... If we had $5 million, we could do some really something really cool here. And I said, yeah, if only we had $5 million. <laughs> yeah. So what does what's the experience like? If somebody's listening to this and doesn't know what it is to visit the a, a high school basketball Hall of Fame, somebody rolls up on Trojan Lane, named after our, our high school team here, and they, they roll up to the Hall of Fame. They're greeted by a flag plaza and, and a big basketball uh, etched into the concrete. What What's their experience? What happens? So, as you mentioned, there's the flags out front that we fly each year, representative of state champions and state runner-up high school teams. Our, our brick courtyard, which is the shape of the basketball you referenced, which, um, let me just say, was a genius fundraising idea. <laughs> These 31 years later and $1.2 million, uh, um, people have paid to have their names or their school's name or their team that won a sectional engraved in bricks. So we have, and it lives uh, on forever out um, there for them. To come we visit. have a, a courtyard there of six thousand bricks. Uh, we are still selling them. We are still adding them all the time. Uh, it gives people not only a sense of pride that they helped donate. It gives people a reason to come back. And so we get people who, hey, I purchased a brick thirty years ago, or my grandfather was part of a team that has a brick here. It's the first piece to start to lure people back. And and you could spend literally a couple of hours out there walking around. Oh, there's a Larry Bird brick. Oh, wow. Hey, there's there's a brick for Bob Knight. Oh, there's Kent Benson. There's Steve Alford. You know, and it's it's laid out geographically from where they were in the state, where they're really? from. Yeah. So, so you can find the you East could, Central Indiana bricks. You could literally stroll East Central Indiana, as you would imagine, kind of outgrew got, its got own a few geographical territory. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, you could literally stroll the state, and as you're walking down over Evansville, you'll see the names of people from that, that area. That, I'm going to find – in Lebanon, I'm going to find a Rick Mount brick. Rick Mount. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's – In the region, I'm going to find my Dan Dockage brick and all, all of those, yeah. Yeah, very well could be. Uh, and like I said, what a cool thing is – uh, when when people do it in honor of a team, you know, like they were on a sectional championship team, or the you know the only team in school, the, has the best record in school history, yeah. all those kinds of things. Um, and, and like we have a we have a group of guys from the region. I think it was um, either Calumet or Whiting. Um, like every five years, they come back. They've got a brick. They all chipped in for the brick. And every five years, it's just like, a, hey, let's get in the let's car go and go Sam down Mark. to Newcastle and see what's new in the museum. It's, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's a genius idea. <laughs> now, I know my brother is watching in, the, uh, in, in this chat, and I'm pretty sure he needs to go buy a brick for his Salvation Army championship team from two years ago. 
I think so. And just preemptively buy one for Will. The Rose City, uh, whatever the heck they called themselves. I don't know. I don't know. We'll don't be know in the office stuff. tomorrow morning. We'll yep. be glad to take your calls. Be able to take your calls. Like this is Operators are standing by. Yes, absolutely. Zach says that he has, Zach Burcham, producer, says his is closer to Turkey Run State Park. So apparently he's outgrown so much that he may be... He may be west of 31. Depending on timing, of when a brick was purchased for someone from Newcastle, Henry County, or any of the surrounding counties, they've now... You're in there somewhere. I don't want to use the word outsource, but yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been moved elsewhere. Or not moved, I should say. Once you're in a spot, you're that's locked your in. spot. Yes. But uh, how, many, how many more spots could possibly be available? Yeah, is this like the Borg Warner Trophy where we have to expand it from time yeah. to time? <laughs> they did expand that, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, originally, the bricks with engraved... Uh, messages and names was just the inside of the state of Indiana. Now we've gone to the outside. It's the seams of the basketball. And so now if you, if you're from Newcastle, for instance, and you come and say, Hey, I want to break. You're sorry. You're on the Henry scene. counties, <laughs> Henry County's out of space, but we'll put you over here with other Henry County folks on the outside. Now you said that people come back from time to time, you know, uh, we have our break there. We're going to come back and see what's new. What, are the most like what is the favorite attraction that yeah. you've seen? Yeah, we didn't get into like, the doors yet. We're still yeah. in a parking lot on the yeah. tour. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think it's my fault. I probably <laughs> and, and also what is there. your favorite? Yeah, like, um, personal. So I think I would break it down as saying that there are some of the tried and true staples of the Hall of Fame that were there 31 years ago that are still there today. So when you talk about like most popular, we have the last second shot. So if you haven't been there, it's Quarter operated because we got to make a buck or two here or there. Had a kid shoot ten dollars worth of shots last week. Actually, uh, you drop a quarter in the slot, ball comes out, the clock starts winding down. Five, four, three, two, one. If you hit the so- hit the shot before zero, uh, the crowd goes wild. The scoreboard changes. We've got the blue ribbon that you take home that says I hit the game winning shot at the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. That's that's been there since day one, and it will always be there. I'm I'm here to say. Um, that's really popular. Whether you're five years old or 105 years old, everybody wants to be the Bobby Plump or the Keith Smart or you know whoever it was that hit a game-winning shot. Everybody wants to do that. So that's always been there, as far as I can see, always will be there. Um, as time has evolved, we've added more interactive things. Um, so we have, for instance, in our enshrinement gallery where everybody, all the inductees, the best of the best players, coaches, uh, broadcasters, everybody else, um, there's a, there are kiosks so that in addition to their drawing on the wall, you can pull up other photos, other information. There's some interactivity there. Uh, we have something that's become really popular called You Make the Call. You're the Dick Vitale. You're the Jerry Baker. You're the broadcaster. You're the Kevin Lee. The Kevin Lee. My man. Your man. I yeah, love Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. Um, who got it started? WMDH. Yeah, here in absolutely. Town. I, I always tell people I've been listening to Kevin Lee literally my entire life. Yeah, I'm, I'm a kid, and he's on 1550 over here, and then he's on MS, and now he's on yep. NBC Sports. Yes. Kevin Lee, for literally 30 years, I've been listening. And a super awesome guy. Um, so that you make the call, our famous Indiana high school games and clips, all the way back to Bobby Plump and Milan in 1954, up to some games in the early 2000s, where you get to see the original TV version of the of the play with the announcers and then you get to record the second time around you see video no audio and you get to record in a microphone the play-by-play of oh, that. that's cool and so again that's something we added uh, 12 years ago and that's become really popular um we have really really cool artifacts i've been taught to say uh i, I tell everybody i was a i've, I've always been a basketball guy I, i've only been a museum guy for 12 years 
Um, so we have really cool stuff. Here's my shoes. State champion trophies from schools that have closed. Uh, we oh, have cool. one of the Milan 1954 rings. Short, but I think cool story is the principal at Milan High School in 1954 is a guy named Cale Hudson who was originally from Newcastle. Awesome. He was like 28 or 29 years old as principal when they won that year. Wow. He ended up moving out to Nebraska uh, to become a school administrator out there. And, and when moving and the Hall of Fame coming to his hometown of Newcastle, he donated his ring, his Milan 1954 state championship ring that we have. Now, I will say that if you're listening from out of state and you're not familiar with Milan or 1954, the movie Hoosiers, which is filmed partially in Knightstown, Indiana, but takes it's Gene Hackman and uh, Barbara Hershey, 1986-ish, mm-hmm. I think, was mm-hmm. the year. Uh, that movie is absolutely the the centerpiece of Indiana high school basketball and the nostalgia that folks look back to now. So that's like the, a very important formative portion of, I didn't factor into our international audience this evening. I'm sorry, but yeah, Yeah. I mean that, that Mm -hmm. Milan team is the, the rough basis for Hoosiers and the small school beats the big school. And again, being in the 1950s, it was an era when high school basketball was king, absolutely unquestionably king in Indiana. So, Tell me about the process to get into the Hall of Fame, because I know it, it's been... You pay $5, and we let you in. <laughs> no, I mean to be inducted. <laughs> no, Smart-ass answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. It's only 5 bucks. That's a that's the greatest value in all of the South Side of Newcastle. It wow. Is. <laughs> I, I'd like to think more than just the South Side of Newcastle, but I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, I, no. seriously, you, you go to other to museums, anything. you're going to pay 15 20 in New York, yeah. 50 bucks. Absolutely. Um, 5 bucks. We, we like to keep it the same price as a ticket to a high school game. So... Larry Parks is from Arlington, Indiana, and yes. I know that his I, I think Greg Doyle took up the the writing banner for him and kind of made it a story for a few years and shed some light on to the process. And it was interesting to me that it's you have somebody that comes and speaks on your behalf, just like in the NFL, getting in the Hall of Fame. You have a committee and a, pro, and a presenting process to as, as to how somebody actually you induct your class. Yeah, uh, you don't have to have somebody speak on your behalf. Larry Bird got in on his own merits and was unquestioned. <laughs> um, but there is an opportunity for somebody to come state their case. It's, it's challenging in the way that for the pro football hall of fame in Canton, everybody on Sundays, even back in the old days when you only had CBS and NBC, everybody saw the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Packers. I mean, nationwide, you saw them. People didn't know the Moreland Bobcats. Exactly. That's what I'm getting to yep. is Larry Parks played at Arlington high school. Yep. And half the people who hear Arlington think it's a high school in Indianapolis, not in Rush County. It's gone now, right? right? It's it, literally so, so many of these schools were consolidated in the fifties, sixties, and seventies into larger corporations. So there's nobody left to be their voice. So, in fairness, and and what I what I think is incredibly fair, uh, our, our voters on our board of directors and people heavily involved in the Hall of Fame, they're from all parts of the state. They're from all different age groups and eras. But again, if I live in South Bend. Arlington never played anywhere near me. Right. And so we do have a, a meeting, uh, a, a public opportunity for someone to come in and speak on behalf of someone. Here's who this person is, was, here's what they accomplished. And that starts our process. It, that, that begins in September. Uh, it's a two-month process, uh, a number of different levels and meetings and so on and so forth until ultimately in November they're selected. And then we publicly announce them in December. 
at the big Hall of Fame Classic weekend? Uh, just before the Hall right. of Fame but Classic. That's, that's but that's the yeah, celebration. December, yeah. yeah, we're going to announce our new inductees, and then we're going to have our tournament and make it a big basketball month. Absolutely. There's a lot more that goes into the induction process, right. but, you know, to keep it simple and not tedious, that, that's how that works. You have to be nominated. I don't think you ever told me what your favorite exhibit was. I'm good at dodging questions or getting distracted. <laughs> if I had menthol I think, gum, maybe I would have stayed on topic. Right. Um, my favorite? Um, that's like asking, you know, if you, your favorite child of a parent. I, don't, I You know... I, I, I know, know what my favorite kid is. I, <laughs> you well, yeah, you have one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I get that. As soon as I said that, I realized that wasn't germane to your situation. But, hey, um, what's, your, what's your favorite Hall of Fame? You only have one. So, yeah, it's the yeah. Indiana Basketball Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff. That Milan ring, I mean, like, you know, for insurance purposes, we have to value things every so often. Like, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's significant. You know, that's irre- so many of our things are irreplaceable. You know, whether somebody would pay us 10000 bucks for it or throw it in the trash, irreplaceable. You can't because get another one. It's never going – yes, exactly. There's, there's not another one like it anywhere in existence, and you, you can't reproduce anything like that. Um, we have the 1969 Indianapolis-Washington State Championship Trophy. Uh, that's the team that George McGinnis and Steve Downing and uh, Wayne Pack, all three played professional basketball. So three pro players on one high school team. They wow. were undefeated, state champions – they're definitely in the conversation, one of the top two, three, four high school teams in the history of Indiana. Uh, Indianapolis, Washington closed as a high school for a while. And in that process, that trophy became ours. And it is literally the largest <laughs> trophy we have. It's like four feet tall. Um, wow. So I always just kind of like. How does that change? I'm, over I'm you? partial to that right there because that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Does that change? Uh, the IHSAA decides what the trophy looks like each year or does the school have something commissioned? How does that I'm sure different eras have different different yeah. things. Um, it's mostly been through the IHSAA because you know they're going to give the trophy to whomever wins, and so there have been different styles from throughout the years. And um, that trophy just again astounds me. It's I don't think it's quite four feet tall, but it's forty some inches tall, and it's just like <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, and it's just you know it's got the figurine at the top with the ball, and it's just like. There's something about that that stands out that I'm not going to say it's my favorite thing. I love it a lot. Now, Jeremiah mentioned that whenever the location was chosen for Newcastle, the building was built, the vice president came to the grand opening. There have been other notable visitors and high-profile visitors across the years. So uh, give us a little bit. Give us some stories about those. Probably the most high-profile was Aaron Dickin who came uh, about a year ago. Wow, you met Aaron Dickin? <laughs> Did he still have hair? Or is it po- is, it was, no, it was... It was oh, that's I've been trying to get Aaron on the show yeah, for a while. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get you in touch with his people. Maybe check check the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's obviously a cool part of, of our organization is the people that are involved, the people that are inducted. Um, so over the years, yes, Dan Quayle was the sitting vice president and was here for the uh, ribbon-cutting grand opening ceremonies in 1990. Did he buy a brick? Uh, I don't think he bought a brick. Here's why. Um, the gentleman who was the president of the Hall of Fame when it opened here is a guy named Bob Strait, was was a guy named Bob Strait. He was the coach at Huntington High School. He cut Dan Quayle from the high school basketball team. Oh, no. Team. <laughs> so, so he cut Dan Quayle in high school off the basketball team and then talked him into coming back for this big museum. That- That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Listen, um, you're not cut out to play bench guard right but you can be my vice president yeah maybe politics will yeah. work out for you kid um 
there are tons of stories like that. And when you talk about visitors, um, Senator Obama came here while he was campaigning, was not yet president, but um, that was an ordeal. That's that's just before I had arrived here. But I mean, the story of how that all came to be and the Secret Service coming in and, you know, that's that's a surreal uh, moment when somebody walks in, opens their trench coat, flashes a badge and says, I need to see every square inch of this building. And you're like, why? What's five, going on here? <laughs> five bucks, man. Five bucks. <laughs> um, and, and it Your page you know, is like the rest, Mr. Uh, Obama. John Wooden. Oh, I hope you've heard of him, Dakota. Uh, J- John Wooden. If not, there's here. a statue you need to see down on Georgia Street. <laughs> <laughs> An awkward one at that. Um, he visited here during his life. Um, Bob Knight was here last year, last summer. Uh, oh. We had a private visit with him. Governor Holcomb was here a couple four, weeks ago. Yeah. 14 days ago, 15 days ago. Um Again, I mean, you, you want to list NBA players. You want to list um, during the NCAA tournament this year, uh, Fran McCaffrey, the University of Iowa head coach, his son, his eighth grade son came out and just did, he, he, get, did he get the winning shot? Well, we actually took him over to the field house and or he got his own like shoot around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's, I was just saying, was he one of the kids that spent $10 just to get it? Uh, he didn't need 10 bucks to hit a shot. That's for sure. He's he's six foot seven. He's in eighth grade. Oh my God. And uh, I I literally, I went up to him and I said like, how old are you? And I thought he was going to say like, I'm a sophomore. I'm a junior in high school. And he goes, I'm, I'm 14. I'm in seventh grade. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he's really good. I mean, it goes without saying. He's got you by a foot already. Yes. Yes, exactly. So it's crazy. And that is one of the other unique things that we have in Newcastle is you have the hall of fame. And then right next door, you have the world's largest and finest. Yes. uh, Basketball. Gym. Again, largest. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephen Vitito got, he re- reworked it all. That's right. He did. Redid the seats. Um, you know, another cool thing that I, I just have to throw in is we're in July right now. Uh, this is our most diverse month as far as visitors and where people live and where they're coming from. Summer where they're vacation traveling time. To. It is. It's, you know, the proximity on I-70, the billboards, the signs, people are tired of driving people. Oh, I love basketball. Let's go stretch our legs. See this. They tell me I have to get off the road anyway because the interstate's closed. (laughs) That's that's helped us lately as well. I literally had uh, three or four groups this week say, yeah, we had to get off the interstate, so why not? (laughs) But um, uh, I think it was four years ago in the month of July, we we had visitors from 27 different states just in the month of July. Wow. And I think, again, I think people here locally think, oh, it's a nice attraction and people come from – you know, a couple counties over. Yeah. They're going to come uh, down from Kokomo. Yeah. It's more than that. Um, you know, just this week we had a guy who lives in LA, grew up in Philadelphia. He's a huge, his story was he loved Larry Bird when everybody else loved Dr. J in Philly. Everybody's got a story. You know, people, Hoosiers is my favorite movie of all time. I got to come see this place. Or I love John Wooden and the UCLA championship teams. Everybody has a connection, a favorite, a draw that pulls them into Indiana. You guys have some wooden. Absolutely. Uh, as well, right? You have, you have he has a, a his uniform? own section. Yeah. He has his own section. Yeah, we have uh, different items from his career. His own I, section. Exhibit, I guess, is nice. maybe the, the fancy word I should have used <laughs> Dakota's, there. Dakota's not questioning your use. He's just trying to figure out how big of a deal John Wooden was. Yeah. So John Wooden won, as a, as a coach, won about 10 consecutive uh, titles at 10 UCLA. 10 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Consecutive. Uh, 10, tw- 10, 10 and 12, 12 years. So, I think eight or nine of them were consecutive. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Tom Brady level, if... Mrs. Manning didn't exist, but not a uh, Joey Chestnut level. No, different. <laughs> it's a different game. Has Joey Chestnut visited yet? 
You know, that's one we got to put on our list. Well, we got to get that I'm aware of. We need to have Joey Chestnut. I know people with ISC that work with him on the eating contest here in town. Let's do that. He needs to eat some Weenie World hot dogs, I think. That would oh, be a great or, or some or some uh, Henry least, County pothole. See how much Henry County pothole he can show. have in the plaza at the uh, at the Hall of Fame. I have so many questions for him. That would be <laughs> such a good episode. Story is he lives in Westfield, so you can you can start the booking process. But let's We're not distract from Chris, our no. valued featured guest. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Joey Chestnut has not been to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, as far as I know. We'll make that happen. That would be sweet. Yeah, that would be awesome. Dakota's got a new project. Love to yep. do that. Uh, menthol gum, maybe. Maybe that gets him there. It Zach Burcham is in the chat, and uh, he goes to the front of the line because he's uh, he, he's a valued member of the team. He says we need to bring back the giant stuff on the billboard on I seventy. The giant stuff. I don't. The shoe? Giant stuff. The I, shoe. Yeah. There is a, there. There was a shoe on seventy. There's a shoe in the parking lot. So line. that's a common question. Uh, the shoe. We that got a lot of shoes around town. We do. And and there's an origin to those shoes, okay? Uh, which I wasn't around for, but you know, a lot of people ask, "Why is there a big shoe? Where'd that come from?" And you have to learn the backstory. Came from Shaq. Uh, it came from a billboard campaign. Uh, I'm not sure the exact year and timing, but I guess if you're driving along the interstate and you see a huge eight foot tennis shoe on a billboard, it might catch your eye. And so that was part of the marketing campaign. And then after the campaign was over, eh, what are we going to do with this shoe? Or <laughs> I guess there's multiple parts of shoes. And so half of it, and it is a half at the Hall of Fame. People are yes. puzzled. People are like out of their mind when they walk around behind it and see it's like, wait a minute, it's hollow? There's there's not a back to this shoe? <laughs> it's a geocaching thing, it's like though. A, it's a big deal. Is it? <laughs> geocaching, is it a geocache? big deal. Zach says first it was there was a giant basketball. Is there half of a giant basketball wandering around town, or is that now Zach a, knows uh, more about the Hall of Fame than I do, but yes, he's correct. <laughs> there was a giant I'm not, basketball. I'm not surprised. That was for the groundbreaking. Um, that Oscar Robertson was here. So that was 1988-ish, I believe. And so the groundbreaking was um, this basketball. I've only seen it pictures, but it had to have been like seven, eight feet across. And Zach was what, 20 and in 1988? 1988? <laughs> yeah. uh, somewhere, right? He might have been 30 then. <laughs> yeah. And so like the ceremony, instead of like cutting a ribbon or they shoveled some dirt, but they like, Oscar Robertson, Kent Benson, a lot of the local dignitaries, they pushed this ball into this big hoop. So that's, that's what he's referencing there. But we don't have it anymore. I have no idea where it went. Somebody probably sold it on eBay. Have you checked all your supply cabinets? I've checked every square <laughs> inch of our building. Trust you me. After and, the Supreme, uh, the Secret Service looked through, you're, sure, you're quite certain. <laughs> Something is, that big doesn't slip through the cracks. It's not, uh, it's not there. Yeah. And, okay, so last year... There was a big story that was going on, and I believe it was in the Indie Star. And the story just came out, right? Um, well, I think that we talked about it last year with Aaron Dickin that you guys were getting a huge donation. Did Aaron blow our cover months in advance? Don't maybe it don't have him back. I'm maybe going, it wasn't last year. Maybe I it was am, just a few. Months I am ago sticking with a story that this was just announced. Okay, we'll go with just announced. But I'm pretty sure that this is what started the conversation of why we needed to have Chris on the show. So maybe maybe it was more recent. But I was thinking last year. Either way, it doesn't really matter. You know that gum just goes to your brain. Chris, Straight in. <laughs> you guys, the, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame was gifted an entire estate from two people that aren't even from Indiana. Correct. That is mind-blowing. It is, 
I can tell you a lot of details and you still either won't believe it or won't grasp it. Uh, I have told people if I hadn't been in the middle of it, I wouldn't believe it either. I think like, no way that can't happen. That can't be true. So the, BS. it's Ron and Charlotte Warwick. Ron and Charlotte Warwick. Of names. Illinois. Of Illinois. They retired to New Mexico. They lived in okay. New Mexico for the last 12 to 15 years. Okay. Ron was born in Indiana, but he moved to Danville, Illinois before high school. So what were with the Van Dykes? That's where Dick Van Dyke and uh, Jerry Van Dyke are from. You, you know a lot more than I do. Man. Danville, Illinois, they yeah. are? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Great. That is some... Um, Crap that Mark Brim would. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, there's a, important people are from Danville, Illinois. I think Gene Hackman is, or from somewhere thereabouts. Anyway, it's not material to the story. I don't have Wikipedia in my hands here. Um, so yeah, so Ron was born in Indiana, Petersburg, in fact, which is Fountain Central, which is over near the Illinois line. Um, he was 13 years old when Milan won the state championship in 1954, and you know, 13 years old is an impressionable age. Milan was a huge story <laughs> all across our state. Uh, they were the people's choice. They were the small school. They win the state. It's just this like dream come true. And so he barely told me, anybody likes Muncie. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> I work there every day. I can, I can um, make these jokes. So he just, he like that, that, that captured something inside of him about like basketball in Indiana. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Well, he moves to Danville, Illinois with his family before he goes to high school. So he never plays high school basketball in Indiana. Never. He goes into heavy machinery, works along the railroads, never coaches. Uh, but while he's working on the railroads, a lot of his work brings him through Indiana. And in the winters, Friday night, Saturday night, Hey, I'll just go to the local high school and see a game. Like it just, it was part of him. And, um, Eventually, time goes on. Uh, you know, this this was a, Charlotte was his second wife. His first wife uh, passed away. Uh, she never, that we know of, lived a day of her life in Indiana. Um, they retired to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and they had visited the museum. Uh, my predecessor, Roger Dickinson, is a great people person. Fantastic, making people feel like a million bucks, rolling out the red carpet, showing them the the ropes and the red carpet behind the scenes, and all this kind of stuff. And he loved basketball. They loved the museum and they said, you know, we'd like to support this. What, what options do you have? And in 2020, <laughs> he, he passed away in 2018 In 2020, she passed away in the middle of COVID <laughs> when we're trying to figure out, you know, like how to, how to continue. Yeah. What how, are we going to do here? What your existence yeah, is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I assume during COVID the, the museum was closed as we well. We were closed for 10 out of 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we weren't in peril of like closing doors forever. But as you can imagine, that kind of puts a damper on your yeah, operations, yeah. your fundraising, so on and so forth. And so um, the timing was, as we've said, divine, maybe. <laughs> I mean, um, and there are lots and lots of details. Dana Benbow wrote a story in the Indianapolis Star, store, Star, Indianapolis Star, just a couple of weeks ago, which tells the story quite well. There are other personal details that I'm not going to share publicly that are just as baffling and that's why i say i mean it's just it's unbelievable that these two people who essentially you know everybody assumes oh you know, it must have been somebody that the, the biggest gift in the history of the indiana basketball hall of fame must have been a guy that played in the nba must have been a guy who played high school basketball and became ceo of some big company got stock options and got super rich and just gave you some of it it's a blue collar worker from no. illinois that retired to new mexico that, that never played here. never played in our state yeah 
That's the power of Indiana basketball. That's the story that we try to that, – that's why we can have a facility like what we have here. Yeah. And then, so in the Indy Star, it said that you guys like kept in touch throughout yeah. the years. So you knew that you were going to be getting this the estate money. They never told you how much it was going to be. Right. As far as you knew, you were getting $6,000. Yeah. So um, as the timing goes, I got hired in June of 2009. They had just filed their will. Their attorney had just filed their will and their state papers with us uh, like the same month that I get hired. And so, of course, Roger Dickinson, who had been was retiring as executive director, is like, hey, you need to know about these people. You need to know who they are. You need to know my experience. Stay in with touch. Them. And you need to – yes, exactly. You need to – not screw this up. Uh, Roger's too nice of a guy to say it that way, but that's what the message was. Yeah. Don't blow it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, the, yes. Don't blow it. And so it, it, again, it's just it's so bizarre. They were in New Mexico. We never met face to face. They and I never met face to face. They'd come to oh, the hall really? of fame. They'd made that decision. They wanted to give their estate, all that with Roger. Um, shame on me for never going out to see them. But again, as you just said, like we knew their estate was coming to us. We had no idea what the estate was going to be valued at. And so, he, Ron was a big basketball fan. So like October, November, he would call me and, Hey, how's IU going to be this year? Purdue going to be any good? Who are the high school teams that should be in contention? Any great players from Indiana playing in college this year? Just, just kind of broad questions like that. And that's about the and Christmas time. Of course, we'd exchange Christmas cards, uh, but that was about the extent of it. And um, had no, again, here's, here's what still blows my mind. If this were a state university, let's say, Again, the largest gift in the history of Indiana University, the largest gift in the Hall of Fame's history are different are worlds. Totally different scales. But if you're going to give to Indiana University and you're going to end up making the biggest gift in the school's history, they're going to name Assembly Hall after you. They're going to name like the, the, yeah. the baseball diamond after you. They're going to name a dorm after you. They never once said, hey, what are we going to get out of this? Yep. Never said, where are you going to put our picture? Where are you going to put our name? How big are you going to promote us? There was zero ego. It was not about them. It was about basketball, Indiana, what the museum represented. You don't get that, you know, <laughs> at fundraising, you don't get that. It sounds like they were just good people. Yes. And, and as the star story, um, mentioned, um, so he passed away in 2018. She called me right away and she said, Hey, I, I just want to let you know, Ronnie passed away. I've already talked to the attorney and I'm not changing anything in the estate. Like she, as best I could tell, she didn't like, she, she didn't care if IU was going to be good. If Purdue was going to be good. She wasn't a basketball fan. She was just. Following his wishes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just following his wishes. And she lived two more years and she did exactly as she had said. So tell us about what's been able to happen since that, since that time. COVID had you closed, essentially, or right. the doors closed. Right. So it created an opportunity for some improvements to happen yeah. for, before you reopened. So probably how you heard from Aaron a year ago about some of this is so like uh, she passed away, man, it was a year ago yesterday. <laughs> uh, wow. How about that for some timing? <laughs> so it was the first week of July, 2020. And the attorney calls me and says, hey, we, we got to start this estate process, but you can't come out here. You know, this is the other part. COVID, New Mexico had one of the most stringent quarantine and COVID policies. Uh, he, said, he said, if you do come out here, you have to stay in your hotel room for 14 days before you can meet me face to face. Like, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. So we do all this through email, through phone calls. So I deal with a lawyer, an attorney I, I'd never, still have never met, a realtor I never met, a banker, a, a judge. Yeah, fill, fill in the blank here. Um, 
And you've never dealt with this before. This is I'm Correct. sure this is brand new terrain Correct. for you. That's the other thing I've said is other people have had parents or grandparents or siblings pass away. I've never dealt with an estate. I didn't know what I was getting into. And and we still at that point, even when the attorney calls, the size of the gift in my mind was about a third of what it ended up really being. Um, how, how many people are watching right now? Uh, we got 14 on the live. Yeah. Stream. Uh, so yeah. here's here's a detail that wasn't in the star story. This is an exclusive to Boss Hogs. Um, they had as much cash inside the house as we sold the house for. <laughs> Again, you wouldn't believe this yep. stuff just, if I sat you down and told you every single detail. Bricks born of in, cash. Born in the 40s. That checks out. You got it? Yeah. Yep. You got it. Yeah. Um, so it just became this whole process. So to get back to your question, Dakota, was we're in the middle of COVID. Um, we know that this is going to be coming through. And so we get to... Um, and about you know about August or September, I told our board, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're still closed anyway. We've got this gift coming. We need to be stewards of this gift. We can't just throw it in the bank and say, oh, it's thank you very much, yep. old lady and old guy. Um, you got to do something lasting to, with yes. it. That's and yeah, lasting. And if we're going to be good stewards, we want to encourage other people to make gifts that they see will make an impact. Yep. And so I said, hey, let's." Let's close the place down. Let's make it a mess. Let's renovate. Um, and and then let COVID pass through, and then we'll have a freshened experience when when COVID is over. Pardon me. That's what we did. January and February. So we have a whole thing classic in December, which wasn't going to happen, wasn't going to happen. That that was its own little uh, roller coaster of emotions. So after the whole thing classic was over, shut the place down, contractors come in, do all kinds of dirty work. We've done some exhibit stuff as well, digital uh, displays and exhibits, and it's a it's a fresh, new experience for people who've been before. Nice. So, if somebody wants to visit, how how many days a week are they? Is it open? What are the hours? How does this work out? Seven days a week, baby. We're a- back anytime. Full strength. Full strength. Uh, we are ten a.m. to five p.m. Mondays through Saturdays. Sunday afternoons from one until five o'clock. Our website is hoopshall.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, and we just refreshed our website about a year ago, so you can get a perspective of, of what we have to offer and what you're going to see, what you're going to experience. What's the, uh, in, there was a podcast, who, yeah. kind, of, who, kind, of, who kind of folks came through the podcast? Yeah, so again, we're shut down the museum. Uh, we can't have a lot of our events a year ago. So I actually messaged you and said, hey, you guys have this really cool podcast, um, I want to do a Hall of Fame, start a Hall of Fame podcast. Broadcasting's in my background, so it wasn't like I was starting from scratch, but the equipment, I had no clue. Um, and it just so happens, everybody else in the world was sitting at home doing nothing as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we have some really cool people in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame and a part of our organization. So uh, we already had some interviews that I had already done for a different project that we just repurposed the audio. So Larry Bird and Oscar Robertson and Steve Alford and Damon Bailey, George McGinnis. Um, those were some of the early ones that we already had kind of in the can that we just had to edit and freshen up a little bit. But then it gave me an opportunity. I got Greg Popovich on the phone one day and had a really cool conversation with him. Dakota, <laughs> for $10, <laughs> who is Greg Popovich? I have no idea. I'm not betting you $10. There's, hey, no, there's no risk of this Dakota, if you just knew it. Ask there, if you can phone a friend. <laughs> do you know how many names have been said during this podcast? I've just been like, mm-hmm. 
Uh, if you watch the Olympics know, in a couple weeks, Greg Popovich is the Olympic coach. He's the head coach of the Spurs. They've won been, five. He's been five there NBA for champions. twenty-five years. He, he goes all the way back to uh, uh, hell. I think he probably coached. Uh, he had uh, uh, Tim Duncan, and before that, yeah, David uh, Robinson. David Robinson, yeah, yeah. David Robinson at the, at the back end of his career. He's pretty much coached them for the entire existence of their NBA, less about ten years. Yeah, before they're in the NBA. Anyway, but sorry. not a lot of people know he's from Indiana. That's right. Originally, he graduated from Merrillville High School. And if I can plug my own podcast, um, the best story I thought he told on on our episode was he actually grew up in East Chicago. East Chicago, Washington, and East Chicago Roosevelt were powerhouse high school basketball teams in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So he dreamed of, as a boy, playing for East Chicago, Washington High School. His parents get divorced. He moves with his mom to Merrillville, and he thinks his life is ruined because he's got to go to crappy Merrillville High School, right? You know, but he tells it. He's, he's a great storyteller. But I mean, again, you get back to this guy's done everything and more in basketball in the world. He's the Olympic coach for gosh sakes. Yep. And he's talking about how he thought his life was ruined when he was he couldn't go to East Chicago ten years old because he was he got moved out of town to the neighboring school. So uh, had a great episode with Brad Stevens. Um, I think maybe. If I had to pick a favorite, Matt Painter is an awesome guy and a great storyteller. So Matt Painter told awesome stories about he had a, a court in his backyard at his house and guys playing from all over Muncie. And just, just again, this isn't like, hey, what's it like to be the head coach of Purdue? How cool is that? You know, this is like when you're growing up, the, all those formative experiences. And I feel like that's the the bond in Indiana is everybody had a hoop or went to somewhere that had a hoop or went to the playground. And that's what that podcast series really started. I, I used to say that you could be the world's best dribbler. If you could dribble in your gravel driveway in Indiana, oh, yeah. right? Like absolutely. Can, which, if you can travel uh, in gravel, you can, you're great when you get to an actual court. So funny story is Bobby plump, you know, hits the shot. 1954 Milan state championship team. He's in a film we have at the museum. If you come visit, you hear him tell the story, but he says, um, you know, they grew up playing in a an alleyway, a gravel alleyway, out suburban Milan, not even Milan, <laughs> suburban Milan. Pierceville is the name of the place, probably a place a lot like Raleigh. Um, and he said there was a manure pile on the right, so you had to dribble left. And he said, you know, everybody else, if you're right-handed, you just dribbled right-handed. We learned to dribble left because you weren't going to dribble the ball over into the manure pile or even near to the manure pile. Yep. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you can dribble on gravel, you've got all kinds of advantages. And if folks want to volunteer, that's the other side of this too, right? So you, we're, a lot of folks are listening from Henry County. If you want to volunteer, how do they do it? Jump yeah, on you, the website, just, pop in. Yep. Uh, we have a contact us section on the website, but just as good to stop in in person just to see the place, um, see what we've done with it, talk to some of our staff. And like I said earlier, we have volunteers who are just as bad as Dakota at knowing basketball people. They don't know who great Popovich is either. <laughs> <laughs> but they are amazing people. And it's about hometown pride. It's about wanting to be a – it's the Hoosier hospitality, uh, a welcoming face, greeting people into the community. And, you know, this sounds a little silly on the surface, but I've ex- I- I've witnessed it enough that, like, having somebody there when they say, hey, this this place was great. Now, where should we go eat lunch? Like, just the local yep. word of mouth, hey, you need to go get the tenderloin here. Or try the salad down there. Like, it's 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 a cool experience. And you oh, never this – is, This is the tough question. Where You're does lazy. he send them? He's going to dodge it. I can see it already. He's going to say, "Oh, well, the park's great, but so is." And then, and, they, and then, of course, we love stacks and and Mancino's is right down the road. They're pretty good too. Well, the question uh, is, I what are you in the mood say, for? Yeah, you know, do you want some home cooking? Yeah. Do you want you know? I would pizza. Be like Lee's famous recipe. 
So true story. I, I, Mike Ford is a great friend of mine. <clears throat> and obviously Lee's is just down Trojan Lane from us. So every morning at like 1030, the smell of fried chicken just wafts, uh. you know, because we're downwind from them. It's just, it's torture. It's what a temptation. Absolutely torture. Yes. That would suck. Yeah. It's, it smells great every day, but you can't, <laughs> you can't eat Lee's every single day for lunch. You can. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Your heart just. Cardiologist like will not recommend it. <laughs> well, uh, that's, right. that's also right across the street. That's true. I'll be honest. It's like its own little complex. Yeah, medical, medical attention is, is very, I, very close. I work somewhat frequently with folks from Noblesville, Carmel area, and, uh, Every time that they're in Newcastle, it's like, is that Lee's place still open? Yes, it is. I have a guy. Uh, we know, they know Lee's China Castle. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you would say that. I have a, a good friend. Um, he lives in Fort Wayne. Um, they have a Lee's up there. And he lived in Indy. He lived, same thing, Fishers, Carmel area for a long time. And he would, he would literally come over here just to get Lee's. You oh, know, yeah, drive past it. KFC and all these other chicken places because this was the closest Lee's he could get. KFC is... Manure compared to <laughs> let's be honest. Wow, Lee's is wow. There are fine so folks that work at KFC. Park. <clears throat> but listen, it's not the people who work there. It's not their fault. They're we are following, never getting our Yum Corporation they are sponsorship. The eleven herbs and spices recipe. We were we were but they we were just negotiating. We were on the two yard line. And it's all cooker, just gone. Then deep fried two step <laughs> process that Lee's has dialed in. All right, we are at that time of the show where we need to start wrapping it up before Dakota costs us any more future sponsorships. Chris Staten, welcome back to the building, hello, man. Hello. What what do we need? To, what's been going on? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, are you are you selling or buying anything? He's not on the this camera, is, but he's got a beard now. He's gone Amish since he moved I, to I Matt gone, Painter's. Uh, I have Matt, gone Matt Amish. Painter South. Uh, let's see. The only thing that I really he was have from Yorktown, right? Yeah. Is he went right? to Delta. Delta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Only thing I have to plug is uh, the Kelly Cup, which is the ECHL championship, is now back in Indiana. Unfortunately, it's with Fort Wayne, not the Indy Fuel, but hey, it's it's in Indiana, so it's home. That's all I got. That's it? That's it. Tampa won again. That's three championships in a row, two in hockey, one in football. Yep, yep. Tampa did win back-to-back. And that's 10 seconds of hockey. You're going to be back with us next week as well. I will be. I will be. You, you guys have me for one more week. You have to bring the heat next week. And then I disappear. And, and you'll never know when you'll see me again. <laughs> Chris, did we leave anything scattered? Did we, we cover it all? Anything yeah, clean up? Well. We're Just good? Come see us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, uh, I, I hear the comment all the time for people who are here in Newcastle that they came for the grand opening yep. and haven't been back since. And I get basketball is not life to everybody. Um, but I also would like to think that our museum is, is a little bit Indiana history, a little bit socioeconomic. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of things, not just who scored the most points and who won the most games. Well, and you and can so, make a day of it, right? You can come to Knightstown. You can come to Newcastle. You can just visit these different spots in Henry County and, absolutely. and fill it. I mean, we're a, we're a basketball community, no question about it. Uh, there are a lot of cool experiences um, you know, there's this, I call it like the backyard phenomenon. Yeah. We'll drive to Cincy. Yeah. We'll go to Fishers. Yeah. We'll go to Chicago, but we're not going to do anything here in Newcastle. Um, get your grandkids, bring your kids. Um, whether you spend 45 minutes or four hours, I, I think you'll, you'll pick up something. You'll enjoy something and, and have an appreciation for it. Awesome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, Dakota. All right. I have a couple things. First things first, Chris, thank you for coming on the show today. It was good. Full of information. Um, the other thing is my wife, Audrey, she will be at the Whitetail Tree Farm next weekend uh, selling 
goods uh, from her shop, uh, tumblers and things of the like. But they have a bunch of vendors going out there next weekend, and that starts at 1 p.m., and that's a good time, so make sure you go out there. Also, um, I don't know, man. I totally just forgot. You're just looking at me. Oh, I know. Um, make sure that you hop on patreon.com slash Liberty because Chris over here has been dropping a bunch of inside jokes about menthol gum throughout <laughs> the show, and you're not going to know what that is unless you sign up at patreon.com slash Liberty. That's where you can go to figure out what the heck that was all about. All right. Thursday, July 15th, 5.30 p.m., before this show, there is a charity pie auction in the Schuler Show Arena during the Henry County 4-H Fair. The, uh, the junior leaders that I'm associated with, the uh, 4-H Junior Leader Program, these kids are all making pies. They'll be judged, and you have a chance to come. And they may sell for $40. They may sell for $200. But you can come down and support the 4-H Foundation Scholarships and buy a pie, handmade, homemade from these kids, and uh, it's always a good time. So do, do come I on have down. To it's actually a, be there. It's a live in person auction. In person. In person. Can I have you bid for me? I could, but we can just pop in there. We'll do the pie thing real quick, and then we'll come it's back little, to the stadium. It's like this right around show. dinner time. You can get it's a not, go, come down and get a walking taco out of the fair booth. Why would get yourself I do that get yourself. When a, we have a Lee's. Or or get, <laughs> or roll in. Get your Lee's fried chicken. Come on down. Buy a pie. Support the kids, and then come back down here and do the show. Same. It's a Thursday night. They're all homemade. Ninety-nine percent of them. There might be a cheater or two in the group. I they are associated <laughs> with me, so they may. <laughs> there might be one or two. You're not going to guarantee, but, be, but they're supposed to. Be. They're supposed to be homemade. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's but there, there's a Dakota Davis or two in the group that will say, you know what, I'm going to Kroger and I'm going to buy this and my grandma. See what happens. My I'm going to rat out my grandma right here. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma. I watched her do this. She used to buy pre-made pie crusts. And then she would put them in the oven for a few minutes until they got soft. And then she would take them out and work the crust so that it looked like finger impressions instead of the factory <laughs> impressions. And then she would fill it with the pie filling. And well, that's, 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 uh, that, that would be American production. That is a, that's a value-added process. So she has, <laughs> she has changed the product. It's she, just, said, she said it tastes no different and it saves a lot of time. Yeah. You guys don't ever know. I was going to say, I mean, isn't the taste like the end product? Does, yeah. Does I think that counts. That's probably true. She reworked it. I mean, it's not like she, it's not like she bought a pie and there was effort to pull it out of the freezer. All right. I want to know, I want to talk basketball with Chris just for a second. Rick Carlisle's coming back. Is, yeah. Should we be excited about this as Pacers fans? This is, I feel like I'm optimistic. Got, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I don't know if it's grumpy old guy that nobody's going to like anymore, but I, to me, it's yeah. a, it brings back the retro feel. I think if nothing else, it's, uh, Harkens back to the uh, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird era, Ron Artest um, era. Uh, pardon me, um, Chris Mullen. I do know who Ron Dale Davis, Reggie Miller is, Antonio Davis, Rick Smith, Rick Smith, yeah, yeah. Travis Best. I don't know. I can name Rick that Smith's. roster. Yeah, I don't know Travis Betts. Um, I, I'm optimistic. I, I don't have some like magical inside information or anything, yeah. but um, obviously he won a world championship with the Mavericks. Of course, he had Dirk on his team, and he's had some good talent there, but. Uh, I've got to think that after the kind of malaise of the last couple of years, the, you know, just general, ah, it's been very mediocre. Yes. There's nothing worse in professional sports than, uh, apathy amongst your fans. Um, and I feel like at least the last two seasons have been pretty apathetic as as far as people not really caring about the Pacers that much. And they haven't been on television. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, been, we can get into the whole been, ballet sports it's been thing difficult too. To see yeah, them as that's well. true. That's true. But it's not like they were winning at such a consistent level <laughs> that you. Oh yeah, I'm going to find them anyway. Anyhow, um, yeah, it's exciting. I think again, if you're in a college sports, whether Purdue's going to be outstanding in men's basketball this year. IU with with uh, Coach Woodson in is probably going to get things turned around fairly quickly. It seems like again, I'm not a homer for either of those two teams, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stories that hopefully this winter and we can actually go to games again yep. if you can get your hands on a ticket go out and support the teams i think it's going to be a good winter and good season for a lot of indiana franchises got a lot to, got a lot to look forward to this fall as we get into basketball season and the nba finals are just now wrapping up mid-july we're almost done all right with that we thank you guys very much it's been uh, been great to have chris here looking forward to uh, both of the chris's here honestly we'll see you guys next thursday night